Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hi. Well, hi, I'm Peter Berman, and welcome to my show. Steve will call in a bit, but while he, but while we wait, I'm gonna do what I do, which is read things that people have already written. <laughs> and when he calls, and when he calls in, I'm gonna give him an idea for scheduling the show. It's not a dire. I I made it sound right there. So let's load up TV guys so we can do the tsunami preview. Oh yeah, you're listening to the Arsenal Anime Hut in case you didn't know. Okay. Are you there? It's me, Jay. Hello. Okay. I'm Dragon Ball Super. With his pride on the line, Vegeta's challenge to be the strongest. Oh, oh I see. Just can I I'm in the middle of doing the show. That's 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 cool. Okay. So now we're waiting for the second okay. On Genlock, one pilot could be the only chance. Free society has to overcome autocracy. On Fire Force, the heart of a fire soldier. On Lupin, the third part five, who has the black notebook? On Food Wars, Sukugeki no Soma, the Ice Queen and the Spring Storm. On a black clover, the life of a certain man. On On Bruto Bruto Next Generation A Ninja's Job On the Rigo Shippuden The Allied Shinobi Forces are on standby Ready to confront Madara's Army A reanimated Shinobi And what and ten, oh, 100,000 white Setsu But distrust still exists Amongst the Allied Shinobi Forces who were once sworn enemies until recently. On Mobile Suit Gundam, the origin, Advent the Red Comet, Char in Garma. And on My Hero Academia, Deku versus Kachan, Part 2. And that's your Tsunami Preview, Rescue TV Guide, and now, here's Steve. Hey, how you doing? I know when you call in. 
even when I'm not looking at the studio? Uh, it's been a long day, and I'm glad I'm back, and I'm happy to have had a blast. Glad to hear it. Yep, we're all here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's good. What? Can you all hear it? Yes. Okay. Let's get to it, Pruitt. As we uh all of our total combined one thousand listeners over all <laughs> of our episodes. I tr- I I did a little check up when I was doing the schedule. Oh, Steve. Yes, yes. I have an idea. I'd love to hear Now, since the episode titles and descriptions are all the same anyways, maybe (laughs) you could schedule, like, a month of episodes in advance, maybe? I don't know. There's a good idea. You just have to copy and paste uh, each one uh, four times or so. Okay. Okay. Let's get to some uh, big time wrestling Let's news. Do to do. And uh, oh boy. Now, if I can get the right thing there, boom, bam, got it. Huzzah. Okay, we're getting ready. We're upping the ante here, giving you some uh, wrestling news. By the way, uh, uh, as I scratch the itch and itch the scratch, uh, I had more people complimenting me on the um, uh, Pasta Mania shirt that I was wearing than on the uh, there you hat. There we are. Um, here is some news for everybody. Uh, AEW on TNT debut TV broadcast at the, uh, in Washington, D.C. is, uh, has sold out. And, uh, it has been confirmed by the, uh, I knew and I'm stunned. That's right. Uh, AEW Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes has announced that the first ever AEW on TNT show from the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. is now sold out. In fact, the folks that run the Capital One Arena have confirmed that they are sold out. Now, we do have the lineup currently of matches that will take place on October uh, where's the date? On October second, eight to ten p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, John Moxley will appear live. Uh, where are you? Thank you. Cody Rhodes will take on Sammy Guevara. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega will take on Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. We will have the first ever AEW Women's Champion crowned on that. Uh, a very, very big day. So, all in all, 
it's going to be a major blast for AEW. So, uh, as I say, keeping track, uh, we're going to count down to the uh, debut show. Also, um, The Undertaker... uh, The Undertaker has reportedly signed a lifetime WWE deal, which will keep him in the chips until he turns maybe 100. Okay, can I, can I uh, say something? Yeah, go for Raising it, dude. my hand over here. <laughs> um, now, the real challenge of AEW is if they can sell out a show in Dallas. Uh-huh. Then, then we can say, okay, they're going to be something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Anyway, so... Let's, I, let's I just put it this. Yes. I can understand the going off for the first show, but the real test will be to see the subsequent show. Uh-huh. See how well, let's see how fast those sell out and such. Now, if they can sell out as fast as the other, let me let me talk on something big. And, of course, we have to wait for the ratings. But remember, the yeah. ratings matter less than ever now. Well. We shall find out in October, folks, because uh, TNT has yeah, uh, the no comp- where is the second? Where is the second show even going to be at? That's weird to just announce the first show. So see if it's going to be weekly. Uh, I do not know when the second show is, but um, this is going to be a real test to see if they can put a little chink in the armor of Vincent Kendi McMahon. Uh, speaking of Vinnie, Vinnie Mac, it was reported back in mid-April that The Undertaker recently signed a new WWE big money deal. Taker put ink to the new contract after Vince made him an offer he couldn't refuse financially. No details revealed on the new contract, but there was an agreement that Taker could no longer work the non-WWE dates that he had started booking. This is what led Taker being pulled from the StarCast convention during Double or Nothing weekend late May. In an update, the Wrestling Observer reports Taker's new WWE deal, which, while not exactly billed as a lifetime contract, in quote, is for so many years that for all intents and purposes, it is a lifetime contract. Uh, it's interesting that Taker agreed to such a lengthy deal as he reportedly felt like his career was over or coming to an end following his matches in late 2018. The tag team match at WWE Crown Jewel in November, which saw Taker and Kane lose to WWE Hall of Famers Shawn Michaels and Triple H in the no-DQ loss to Triple H at Super Showdown in October, that's when Taker started booking the non-WWE paydays. Vince was said to be really upset when the StarCast appearance was announced, but the big deal was made once things calmed down between the two sides. It had been reported in early 2018 that Taker was charging 25 bucks per hour for non-WWE appearances that he would have no trouble getting booked. Now, there's no word yet on when the dead man will return to the ring, but he will likely wrestle during the WWE's next event from Saudi Arabia, planned for Friday, November 1st. We could also see him in action at the Survivor Series on November 24th, but that has not been confirmed. 
Taker versus Drew McIntyre was rumored for SummerSlam at one point. That match is not on the books for the August 11th pay-per-view. While Taker did not perform at WrestleMania 35 this year, he has worked two matches since signing the new deal. He defeated Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg at Super Showdown on June 7th, then teamed with Roman Reigns to defeat McIntyre and Shane McMahon at Extreme Rules on July 14th. Let's get you an update regarding the WWE lack of creative. And uh, as noted, this week's SmackDown episode from Memphis was rewritten by Vincent Kennedy McMahon just hours before the show hit the air on the USA Network. Vince was still working on second-hour changes to the original script while the first hour was playing out on TV. Vince reportedly felt like the show that was presented to him did not do a good job of following up from the previous week, according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Vince also felt like the script written before the changes did not build to the SummerSlam pay-per-view strong enough. New Blue Band brand executive director uh, Eric Bischoff is now working on the show along with Bruce Pritchard, but Bischoff reportedly doesn't have much to do with any creative ideas just yet, as he's learning who is what where and the overall system. It was also noted that Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Shane McMahon pitch most of their creative material to the WWE writers, so their segments often come from their ideas. It was also said that Bryan, Shane, and Owens seem to be the only superstars that the writers are listening to. While Vince continues to have the final word... Yes, sir? Uh, Nothing, nothing, just talking off. They don't like the that I put on Food Network for filler. <laughs> they don't like the best filler. Cartoon Network, we're loyal. Uh, while Vince Katiz had the final word on all but WWE. Hey, um, yes, sir. But hey. At like nine or whatever, they're gonna air a new uh, Russian Impossible, so I'm not gonna change it until after that. Ah. <laughs> Boom. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, Vince Katiz, to have the final word on all WWE creative, it is worth noting that new Raw executive director Paul Heyman is already making progress, getting more power under his new role. The Observer reports that Heyman was able to resume in-ring action during commercial breaks and do away with the constant run-ins and angles to stop matches for said breaks and the need to do so many elimination matches or two out of three fall matches. On a related note, Vince also made changes to this week's Red Brand script. There's no word on all of the specific raw changes this week, but there were not as many as SmackDown. It was known that Vince made a few minor tweaks to this week's Raw, but it was largely a Heyman book show. We noted before that this week's Raw was the episode with the most Heyman influence since he started under his new role. So, uh, looks like uh, Raw is being built up again pretty good, while SmackDown seems to be the one that's in a little bit of trouble. Oh. So uh, we'll stand by for that. Yes, sir. Here's a bit of a comedic uh, theme-related uh, thing. Uh, so the Evo Championship Series is going on right now. It's a competitive fighting, uh, competitive video game but, uh, competition. You know, you know what I mean. So right now, 
well, not right now, but uh, earlier, I think, they were doing a tournament with the game Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Uh, now, why am I bringing this up? Well, because one of the competitors who lost the game apparently decided apparently decided he was so mad that he decided to uninstall it from the PS4 that was running it. Ooh. Talk about a rage splitter, huh? Uh-huh. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> Good. Come on, man. Fun. Funny. Funny. <laughs> That's one way to make sure you don't come back next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like the Pistons walking off the court. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, more proof that uh, Lucha Underground's days are numbered on El Rey Network. El Hijo de Fantasma, known to Lucha Underground fans as King Cuerno, is expected to start with the WWE in, September, in the September class at the Performance Center in Orlando. WWE has interest in the 35-year-old since the first season of Lucha Underground because he speaks perfect English and he's a strong worker. The rumors picked up back in March when he was released from his Lucha Underground contract, which had prevented WWE from signing him. WWE reportedly made an offer to Cuerno at one point and wanted the former AAA Cruiserweight champion to participate in the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic, but AAA and Lucha Underground... Next, that idea. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and a um, little presser uh, that occurred last night. MJF uh, had his uh, first ever media scrum. Uh, and uh, he was on the Talk is Jericho podcast, and he said there are a lot of guys on our roster that can do their flippy-doos and their cool little moves, and that's cute. Um, but uh, MGF, MJF said that doesn't create cash. What creates cash is controversy. What creates cash is characters. When I say characters, I'm not saying I'm portraying anyone because I'm being myself 110% of the time. When I say characters, I say someone that creates intrigue, someone that takes you to the edge of your seat that you have to listen to. When I was on the Independence, I got to work the top-tier indies, but a lot of the fans would be upset saying, he doesn't know how to do 450 shooting star press. He doesn't know how to wrestle. Listen, Dip. I can do that all day long, but at the end of the day, I'm coming to get the winner's purse. Now, I do not care if you like what I do in the ring, bell to bell. What I'm worried about is getting the W. Now, MJF adapts his style from old-school era professional wrestling. He knows he doesn't need to do high-flying maneuvers to captivate the crowd. When I was growing up, I was a huge fan of the, uh, there we go. Uh, where are we? There it is. I was a huge fan of the characters. I was always drawn to the characters, the people who'd grab me by the balls with a mic in the hand. To me, Piper is the grace of all time, ever since I was a kid. I always knew this is what I wanted to do. 
I was always a freak athlete and had the gift of gab. I love old school wrestling. I watch Smoky Mountain, old school WCW tapes, Mid-South, AWA, Global. I watch all of it because to me that is when everybody got it. That's when everyone understood how we are supposed to do what we do. But it makes my life easier. Everyone is out there breaking their necks, getting CTE, and I'm making a chunk of cash by just being me. Being one, if not being one of, if not the fastest rising stars in professional wrestling, has given MJF many opportunities. This includes his first trip to Mexico, where the vibrant one learned about getting heat on a much different level. Uh, he likes being him, and I, I get the fans got to agree. He is truly one to watch. He is the ultra heel, as we like to call it. And that is your wrestling report uh, for this week. And uh, we uh, do this uh, in dedication and in memory to Harley Race, who passed away this week. Uh, He was one of the best. Um, He was truly ahead of his time. And while while Jerry Lawler was the king of wrestling, Harley Race, was a king and the best. All famer Harley Race, we will always remember you. You had the moves, you had the style, and you had what some wrestlers still don't have. And that's the uh, gravitas. You got the scars, and you got our respect. Thank you, Harley Race, for all you did for this sport. Brain, that's going to wrap it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, before we go out, let's uh, do a little time travel to some oddware. Okay. Okay. The picture is, uh, let's say, 2000. Okay. The Dreamcast is out. And. PlayStation One is trying to compete with it, but you know that it, the Dreamcast is better technically, literally ah. technically better. Uh, okay, so now the Dreamcast, of course, has a completely different way to do memory cards from the PlayStation. You plug in the memory thing for the game, the Dreamcast, into your controller. Like you're right into the middle of the controller. That's kind of weird. And with PlayStation, you plug it into the console. Right. You got that, right? Yeah. So, what did HKEMS think to do way back in 2000 or so? Well, they thought, why not both? So they released a PlayStation and Dreamcast compatible memory card, which you can plug into the back, which is a plug-in for the PlayStation and a plug-in for Dreamcast. And it's all on the same PCU chip, so PCB board. So, yeah, that's uh, something. I can only imagine how that would work. Because... It looks really weird. Um, 
And that's your. And of course, it's translucent uh, green uh, plastic. So it's totally 2000. <sighs> well, I think that. I think the fact that we just spent a minute or two on that signifies that it's about time for the show to end. This has been a presentation of Brain Scan Productions in association with Mystifying Creativity Productions for the L2C Media Network and Blog Talk Radio. We're back next Saturday. We'll ne- Go ahead. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Or maybe Steve will set up an entire month of shows in advance. I'm going to do that right now. So long, everybody. All right. You go on with your bad self. We'll see you next week. Hit that button, boy.